1: Focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota. And conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the Makers of Minnesota.
0: Hi, it's Stephanie Hansen, and I am here with Episode 23 of the Makers of Minnesota podcast Thank you for listening to the podcasts and for sharing them. If you find the stories of the makers that you're hearing interesting, I have to tell you, it's been a total blast to record these. I can't believe we're on episode 23. If you like these podcasts, perhaps you could give us a review on podcast one or on iTunes. It helps uh, people get aware of the podcast. Also, you can share uh, the podcast information from our Facebook page at The Makers of Minnesota. We're also on Twitter at Makers of MN and, of course, on Instagram as well. And I'm really excited to be with a different kind of maker today. I'm here with Colby Wetger. Is that how we say your name?
1: Uh it's actually Wecter, so the G sounds like a C. Okay, so of course tricky. it is.
0: <laughs> Colby Wector. And Colby has a brand, a lifestyle brand, let's say, called sure. A Look Into. It is um an online kind of magazine. How would you describe this? Yeah,
1: I've been saying editorial just to sound, you know, it kind of looks like a blog, um, but it's a little bit more than just talking about top 10 burger joints you should hit or something like that. So uh, I've been saying online editorial is is what I would say.
0: When you look at the actual, it's uh, lookinto.com. When you look at the website, what you see is a picture, and then you click into that picture, and what you get is a story that... I'm assuming you were curious to get a look into more of how that story works or who that person is. And it struck me because it's kind of what I'm doing in an audio sense, Mm -hmm. except you're doing it in a written sense. You're going out, you're interviewing people, you're learning about things and taking a look into something that you didn't know something about, I'm presuming.
1: Right. Yeah, essentially. Um you know, if you want the basic mission statement of it. it
0: sure, if it's not totally boring. <laughs> no,
1: hopefully not. Um, I've always been curious with uh, with if you have a product, it's a great product, um, you know, and you, you'll you use it. But if you don't know the person behind it, you really only have the product to stand on. So the, the easy mission behind to look into is if you know the person behind the product or service, it just makes it that much better. Um, so that's, I, I use a, a perfect example of a coffee roaster. I went to the same guy for months and months and, and really liked the coffee. Um, but as soon as I asked him his name and who he was and, and why he makes the coffee at all, uh, that coffee just tasted way better the next time.
0: So were you a journalist? Were you an English major? Like, you're? how did you get into this or, <laughs> like, say, like, I'm going to put my time and energy into building something out here?
1: Sure, yeah. I have uh, the most unconventional approach to it, I, I guess, um, in, in my background because I'm, I'm from small-town Iowa. Really? Uh, what town? Uh, you've never heard of it. It's called Boyden. Okay. Um, I actually didn't grow up in town, but that was the closest town. Uh, had 600 people, um, no restaurants, no stoplights. And I was actually just there a couple weeks ago, and they're paving Main Street for the first time.
0: Oh, so, so really, really small.
1: Right, right. So Were you um, farmers? Uh, we were um, we were in livestock, so sure. when I was I think when I was nine years old, we uh, I started loading pigs onto the truck. I was going to say
0: I, pig containment. Yeah, yeah,
1: that was kind of my job until I, I left high school, um, and then from there I went to the University of Iowa. And uh, you know, coming from a small town, this is a story I say to a lot of people, and, and to keep it brief, is all I really saw were uh, teachers, nurses, and farmers, um, and so I didn't really know how much was out there. Uh, so I went into college just assuming I would be a teacher because I didn't want to be a nurse or a farmer.
0: Do you mind if I ask how old you are? Because how how long before the internet kind of exploding was this?
1: Um. Well, I'm 27. So I remember, like in high school, you know, working on kind of the first version of Photoshop yep. or something like that. So that that was we took typing classes in elementary school. Sure. But that was kind of when the internet was considered a fad, maybe still. Yep. Um. So yeah. As far as um, going into that, you know, once I went to college, um, just decided to be a teacher and uh, ended up getting a job as an elementary teacher out in Brooklyn in, in New York. Because uh, I knew the principal there, so I went from coolest,
0: yeah. one of the coolest, most hipstery places ever. <laughs> currently, yeah.
1: yeah, I know, I, I Little Brooklyn. I've accidentally turned into dressing like a hipster and those sorts of things. It happens. It uh,
0: happens. Plus flannel, and yeah, you yeah. know, here we are. It's winter.
1: Yeah, and I, I. The only problem is I can't grow a full beard, so I, I at least <laughs> don't uh, look like a grungy hipster. I guess, um, but. Yeah, so went out there, uh, got hooked up with an elementary school. It was kind of not the best fit. And, and I told people I didn't really know if I wanted to be a teacher, but that's all I knew. Uh, and since I paid for my own college, by the time I kind of figured out I might not want to do that as a career, I couldn't really back out of the Can program. Can I ask you some
0: questions about that? Oh, please. This isn't really uh, – it's learning more about you, though. Sure. So I think that's really common. I have a daughter that's in college right now, and kids go to college, and you're like – you have to declare a major, and this is the thing I'm going to be – and then you're, you know, forty to hundred thousand dollars into the education. Mm-hmm. You get a job. I'm assuming your job in Brooklyn at an elementary school was probably a forty thousand dollar a year or less job.
1: Yeah, you nailed it. I think it was right at forty probably. And that's yeah.
0: because it's only because it's Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. Because they're probably higher paying than most. Right. So how did you so you're you're in school and the the I've got a job and I'm a grown up factor has worn off now. Here. Do you remember that first thought where you were just like, "Oh my God, this is not my life"?
1: Yeah. So you're saying, um, like, when I when I realized I didn't want to be a teacher, or yeah, I, yeah, um, I was. I don't know. I, I, all the teachers I had growing up were great. Sure. And and I really feel like I I got a lot of benefit from learning under sure. Them. Um, I think I just I've I'm the youngest in the family, and I've always I'm kind of the only one who like got really far away, like New York, you know, no yeah. one really left the state or anything like sure. that until, until recently. So I think everyone in my family kind of looked at me and it was like, why does he want to go to New York? That's a crazy thing to do. Um, so I think the the decision probably happened because um, I, I will answer your question in a second here, but just to digress. Um, we,
0: it's a podcast, Colby. We got all day.
1: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, I had, um, I had my wife, her her sister moved out to New York um, way earlier and so she got engaged, and, and they throw engagement parties out in in the sure. city, and so I had never been there, but that was my first opportunity and and I was there for about two hours. We dropped off the bags at the hotel, walked around the streets for about twenty minutes, and I just looked around and I said, "I have to live here um so I was still in college at the time and and getting my teaching degree uh, but I, I did apply all over the country, but as soon as New York came calling, I was like i have to I have to do yeah." That. Um, didn't stay in it very long because uh, you have to be really passionate in that job. Um, and so I think I probably had waves. Like in college, you know, I wasn't necessarily fulfilled by the classes uh, as teaching goes. Um, but if you're a guy in elementary education, everyone just looks at you and thinks you're like, you're the greatest. Like, yeah, it's, it's dominated by women. Um, so I was probably blinded by that a little bit, thinking that I should continue and pursue this. It's a it's a noble thing to do. Um, but I think I, I was just very real with myself around my senior year, and then, and clearly, once I got the Brooklyn job, that I was just like, I should be more passionate about this than I am, uh, and it's a disservice to the students. I don't think I was a bad teacher, yeah. But I think I would have been burned out a lot faster, so um, I kind of cut my losses there because that's just my my normal attitude.
0: That so there you are, you're in Brooklyn, you're a teacher, and you're feeling like, oh God, maybe this isn't my thing, and. Right. How noble of you to get out of it when you did you probably hadn't done it very long
1: right yeah I'm sure there's some people who are like oh, what a quitter or something like that but I it was truly because you know I, I think the kids are better like I'm I'm such a bit I have like over 10 nieces and nephews of my own yeah love them love to teach them stuff one-on-one uh, I think as a you know in a class full of 30 kids who like are relying on you to kind of learn social practices and obviously, you know, knowledge in different subjects. Um, I, I think there's just probably better, better people for that than myself. So
0: okay, so yeah. I'm gonna get kind of personal here. No, please. Yeah. So you decide this isn't my jam. You're in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. You probably have you know at least sixty thousand dollars probably in school debt. Right. And you say to your family and yourself like, I'm done here. I need to get another job doing something else. What mm-hmm. did you do? <laughs>
1: So I, uh, I took, I think it was a $300 a week plus travel for an internship at a startup company. Uh, it was a three-month kind of probation period of like, sure. hey, write blogs for us. And that's kind of how it happened is, is I wanted to uh, get into writing because I, I took creative writing classes in uh-huh. college as, as side-on stuff. And I was like, man, if I can make a career out of this, although I've been told time and time again, writers make no money. Um, but I was like, let's let's see what I can do here. So I got their writing position at, at as an internship for the company. Um, they ended up, I, I basically approached them after a month, even though it was supposed to be three months. And I said, I really like this company. Can you hire me full time? And they basically didn't bat an eye and said, OK. Wow. Um, so that w- that worked out really well. Uh, and so we did that for, I did that for two years. And
0: were you in Brooklyn? And was it a Brooklyn company? Or I suppose it doesn't matter because you're right. doing it all over the internet. Um,
1: well, we we were, I was in, um, me and my wife um, were in New York for two years. Okay. And so the first one we lived in the lower east side of Manhattan. Sure. And then the second year we lived in Williamsburg, Brooklyn.
0: So how did you get this job? Were, I mean, writing jobs, are they on like Craigslist and the
1: gigs or? Right. I think that's probably what it was. Or yeah. Like Indeed or Monster or something. Yep. I really have no idea. I can't remember how I got it. Um, but I just remember walking in like full suit Uh, You know, and it was like (laughs) a tech company full of twenty-somethings just looking at me, like in flip flops and stuff, looking at me like I was crazy. So uh, I was like, if I can wear, you know, I if I can wear a baseball hat to work, I'm in. It's a good day. Yeah. Okay.
0: (laughs) So your family, were they freaked out that you'd quit your like teaching job?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think to some degree they were probably just like, "What is he doing?" Sure. You know, yeah. Security, I, I basically threw it out the window, but it was also. The school was was kind of falling on hard times too, so it was kind of like there's one a of lot those of things public where it's like do. yeah, so it, it was kind of one of those things where um, you know I almost bit the bullet earlier because it seemed like it was going to happen later.
0: So you're having what your your parents are probably thinking you're having like your quarter life crisis, <laughs> Maybe. and you're married, yeah. so right, right. there's another person factoring into these decisions. So sure. you end up writing. You are in the tech side. When did you start a look into?
1: Um, well, I remember distinctively uh, sitting in like a, it was like a Brooklyn taqueria or something. And I was just like, I, I told my wife for the first time because sometimes I internalize a lot of things where I'm just like, oh, I don't know if this is a good idea. But I told you her. You introverts. Yeah, you. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So I, uh, I told her, I was like, I, I really think that I just need to do this. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how it should be done. Um, but I just feel like I should be talking to people because I care about, like, I'm a big craft beer fan or, or I care about just high-quality goods like, you know, handmade leather or something. Sure. And I'm just like, this is great. But I don't know anything about the person who makes this. And the person who makes this is totally different than me. You know, like, they, yeah. they, they left security to do something with their hands or whatever it is. Yep. Um, and so I I remember that's where the the idea was, like, I just have to do it. Uh, and then we ended up moving to Minnesota after two years in New York because my wife uh, you know bless her heart is getting her a doctorate of, of nursing practice at the University of Minnesota and she just had her final Gosh. exams for for this uh, semester today so so that's and nice. a great
0: medical school and nursing right. school and, yeah. and just... she
1: applied all over as well but Minnesota really wanted her yeah and how so, nice yeah yeah so um, we came back here I said you know you basically moved out to New York for me let's let's go to Minnesota for you and um And it just I think that was the best thing that could have happened to me personally, let alone us as a a couple, because people in Minnesota are nice. (laughs) Minnesota nice exists. Um, So I don't know if it would have worked in Brooklyn, maybe a little bit. Um, But I didn't really start putting it together until we had been in Minnesota for a few months and and just started reaching out to people like, will you talk to a stranger about your life? And, And almost everybody said yes.
0: It's it's very similar to what I do, except I sadly I'm not a writer. I've always wanted to be a writer. I was actually an English major. Sure. Um, and my husband isn't isn't a writer and has written a couple books. And when he has to edit my stuff, he always says, "Oh, you're just not a writer." <laughs> and it's always something I've wanted to be. But I'm a talker. Right. I can get people to tell me their stories, and I am genuinely interested in their stories. So. You're doing very similar to what I'm doing, except that you're committing it to paper, and there's pictures attached, and I'm just talking to people, and it's an audio version. Sure. How many stories have you done so far on a look into?
1: Um, I, w- I wouldn't say I know the exact number, but it's probably around 10 or 12. Now. Yeah, I
0: was thinking maybe 12. Yeah, I didn't really like count that. them, but I just remember seeing the squares and how they line up on your webpage.
1: Sure, yeah. Um,
0: Do you try to do one a month or –
1: yeah, that was the original idea was, so I had all these grand plans of of, course. of running this thing like a business, you know, um, let's, I'm going to have uh, a thousand Instagram followers by the end of the year. I'm going to ha- have, you know, over 50 posts and and 50 features, features are like when I actually interview someone, a post yep. would be if I just walked into a coffee shop and really liked the coffee and, and wanted to talk about it. But I kept thinking I'm not a review person. So I started out that way. And I was just like, this just sounds really cheesy. Like, it sounds like I'm trying to be a business. And that's never what's given me fulfillment. Out of it. And it it's, wasn't your
0: authentic voice. No,
1: exactly. Yeah. So I cut down on it a lot to really pick and choose who I wanted to talk to. Um, there's a couple stories where I talked to someone and, and just bless their heart. You know, it just, it wasn't a good fit as far as they wanted their story out there. They do their thing, but they don't really want to publicize it, right? So they agreed to meet me, Minnesota Nice. Um, but, but they didn't really want the story out there once they kind of s- saw what it was. Weird. Um, yeah. Which is interesting. Huh. Um, no one's ever been like, I'm not comfortable with you. You know, they're, yeah. they're always emailing me after and those sorts of things. But, uh, those are things you also respect as well. Of so, course. Um, you know, all of those things just really allows me to, I don't know, I guess, pick people who I think really should have their story told. Um, but from a, a very different point of view.
0: Are you impressed with just the quality of the makers here? I mean, I have been really just blown away by how many cool people I've met and just the stories and how they get started and their backstory and the risks that they take.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like how many people who have left corporate America to now do
0: what they're
1: doing? Yeah. Yeah. And all those people are are in similar situations where they're either supporting a family or just had a child or, or whatever. But it's like an obsession. Yeah, they, they have to do it.
0: It's a very entrepreneurial type of feeling and I married to an entrepreneur and I wasn't. Right. So I was sort of the yin to his yang. Some days good, some days bad, I'm not going to lie, but those entrepreneurial people, it's like you you just have to do it. There's something about it that just keeps propelling you forward.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um it's in the people you meet is is Phenomenal. I so mean, tell
0: me about one of the stories that you did that you're proud of in a look into.
1: Um, well, it's it's actually not on a look into yet, so this can be a, a teaser a for people. Peek. But it's it's actually somewhere else already. So um, the the publication Make It Minnesota uh, it really has a, a focus on makers as well. And it's, it's so
0: funny you're bringing this <laughs> up because I've talked to her but not on this program.
1: Kara? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Isn't, she's, she's great. And it's funny because uh, the last podcast, I think you had her, one of them, you talked to Laura Waldman yes. of Minnie and Paul. Yep, uh, and I had met with her in the summer. So, like mine's, you know, um, to answer your question about how awesome it is to have a ton of makers here, yeah, it's I'm I'm blown away by it. Um, but yeah, so I guess the one I'm, I'm most proud of is actually the most recent one, simply because of the people I wrote about, uh, which is Coffee Cart Minneapolis, and they don't know I'm going to be talking on this podcast, so hopefully they're all right with it. But um, Jesse and Alta Keller, they they basically came up with the idea to serve really good crafted coffee um from a cart because they they have the dream of having a coffee shop um but they're young you know just like me and and they didn't want a ton of overhead so they were driven enough to do it still like hey we can't afford a shop but we really need to do this and so they started a cart um and and what makes it special to me is first off they're the coolest people ever they like their husband and wife they have the coffee cart and they also play in a husband and wife band (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, it's called the Prams. You should definitely go on Spotify or SoundCloud or iTunes and download it. Um, I, I've weirdly I've listened to it probably every day since I've interviewed them and had no idea before. So that's a, a the Prams. Nice the Prams. Okay. Yeah. P R A M
0: S. So where is this cart?
1: So they get booked out. So they they just have their website. You can fill out a form. Um, hey, we'd like to have you. Uh, they're pretty sought after at this point, so you might have to wait a few months to to actually get them. So book ahead. Uh, but but they're awesome, and I I think what was so important to me is I got an email from them as soon as the the article went out, uh, and and she said she was close to drawn to tears, and I'm not. This isn't to build me up, but I was like, Please. whoa, you know, because I've never uh, I've never. I mean, ever, people have said thank you before, uh, but I've never had someone say that it affected them that much. And so, anytime I write anything, the first person I want to like it is the person it's about you know that's that's the goal
0: yeah that's so. the customer that's the right. guest yeah so this coffee cart did they make a cart did they found find a cart did they weld a cart?
1: right yeah so they uh they're they're so cool i i know i keep saying that and sound like a broken record but they looked at coffee shops that they they thought had the aesthetic they wanted basically downsized it into a cart made it all themselves you know they uh they're like I think we're cutting the wood and crafting the metal and like making sure that it could fit in there. I think they had a Volkswagen Jetta or something yeah, and, you know, um, to make sure it fits so it could like be collapsible. Um, and that is so, cool. yeah, they, they do it all. And in, in the same time, um, they're like remodeling their house and they just completely did their <laughs> kitchen, you know, so they, they told me they built a garage in a weekend, you know, with her family. So it's crazy how hands on they are. So even if it's you know, even if they're just serving you a cup of coffee, which, by the way, it's way more than just a cup of coffee, um, they are doing so much other stuff. I love that. Yeah, so it's it's really cool, and that's I would say that's a theme with almost anyone I meet is that they're not just doing the thing I'm talking to them about. They're doing way more.
0: Okay, really so cool. what this hasn't really happened on this show, but it has happened on my other radio shows that I've done where you're really excited to meet someone and they come in or you sit down with them and they're just duds. Right, they have yeah. like nothing to say <laughs> sure. or they're completely gun shy and just freaked out about being on the radio, whatever the case may be. Have you had that happen where like someone just really was a dud or didn't have much to say after all, and the look into wasn't as exciting as you thought it might sh- maybe should be.
1: Sure. Well, uh, you know, every time I, I talk to someone, um, there's never a promise that the story gets done. You know, they have to feel feel good about it because the the point of view is not this is their product, this is why you should buy it, this is how much it costs. Most of the time, I barely even mention the product at all. Yeah. Because it's the person that I care about. Um, I would say, you know, no one's been a dud. I've still gotten some good information, but mm-hmm. there there have been some people like, um, because I can't take notes like wicked fast, I, I have a recorder to, yep. to be there and they know it's there. Um, some people are intimidated by the recorder a little bit, huh. like, you know, that it's their own voice. When really, um, you know, I see it there as this is the perfect example of I will never misquote you because it's, it's your words. Yeah. You know? um, so it, it's I can understand that. Do, sure. you,
0: do you give people um, the ability to critique, not critique, what's the word, preview, proof the article or not?
1: Right. Well, I thought about that in the beginning, uh, and then I, I thought about if I have to take ownership of it, um, I just want to make sure that they're really comfortable with me just one-on-one. Um, so the, the short answer is no. I, I don't have people prove it um, because I think the level of, uh, of comfortability between us is, is very apparent that I'm trying to tell the best story possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day it's my interpretation of what they told me yep. in, in some regard so
0: so when you started you said you treat we're going to treat this like a business did mm-hmm. you have like a budget
1: no i mean a, and the funny thing is i don't even know why i kind of went that route because i having recently moved to minnesota you know i started it a few months after we got here um you
0: weren't rolling in the dough
1: <laughs> I, well rolling the, yeah so i mean moving from new york we actually packed everything uh all our belongings into a single minivan because we didn't even want to do like the pods route or or the plane ticket or anything. So we drove from New York to, to here, but, um, so I, I had no budget, you know, just out of respect of our our family, you know, to, to keep it in the family. And then also I knew nobody. So it's kind of interesting to be even sitting on a podcast right now in, in less than a year of starting it because I, I didn't have a single connection. And, And so now it's, it's, Really cool how it's organic. I'm so glad
0: that I got you during this time, this sort of beginning phase. A friend of a friend mentioned you. Right. And when I saw the website, again, I felt like, wow, he's doing what I'm doing, except he's writing it, which good for him. Mm -hmm. I don't have those skills, and I'm talking it. Good for me. Sure. Um, And the more that – I mean, it is kind of a small town in the Twin Cities, and the more you collaborate and the more you talk to people, the more people – say like, hey, I have a story idea or, hey, I'm working on this. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it, it overlaps a lot. And, and I think you're still very distinctive because listening to the podcast before, you ask a lot of the entrepreneurial questions that other people aren't asking.
0: Yeah, because you know? I really want to know, like, you know, in fact, I'm going to ask you now. <laughs> sure. What was your worst day as it pertained to this business?
1: Worst day? You know, I honestly can't say there's ever been like a really, really bad day, Mm -hmm. not even a really bad day, because I think the worst that's happened so far is you put a lot of time in because it's still a passion project and there is no budget and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. Obviously, I'm working full time. Um, So my time is valuable when I can actually meet these people and and arrange it. And so, um, you know, whether it's perceived as the only thing I do or not, uh, I have kind of limited time to to get it done. Mm -hmm. And so... When you have a, a meeting fall through or or something like that where they just can't make it, um, I'm not a good photographer at all. I'm working on it, but uh, I had this whole thing lined up for this weekend, for instance, and, and the photographer's car overheated and and he lives in Mankato, so uh, it just couldn't happen, you know, and that was about um, probably about a week to two weeks just worth of organizing and planning and and, and then the photographer so you hire a photographer. Well, it, this one's through Make It Minnesota, okay. um, which is really nice. And, and Kara, you know, uh, from Make It Minnesota is so, I guess I'm trying to think of the word, but she's just very willing to to offer resources. She's a good collaborator she, she's from what fantastic. I can tell. Yeah, so um, it was set up through that. So now that I'm, the rest of the year, I'm, I'm pretty busy. I might not be able to make the, the shoot. Uh, she's probably just going to take the reins for me, which is another, you know. So really, to answer your question, I don't know if I've even had a bad day. And make
0: it. it Minnesota, just to be clear, is a online? Is it a zine? Would, yeah, a magazine. It's an
1: online magazine. Um, Do
0: they people still call them zines anymore? Does that make me a hundred years old? I don't know.
1: I've never even heard that, so I hope that doesn't <laughs> hurt your feelings. Or
0: zine zines, zines. <laughs> sure. You know, magazine. They shortened it.
1: Sure, sure.
0: Yeah, it's zines. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's funny. But now we're back to magazines. But right. it's a it's a magazine that she does, and it's very similar. She's getting people's stories and. Um, sharing more behind the scenes of products of things that are made in Minnesota. Right. So we're all doing such cool things. You'd think there maybe <laughs> there's some larger collaboration that we should be yeah. talking about,
1: like holding some sort of uh, get together for, yeah. for the whole state or something like that. Some
0: what do they call those um meetups? Yeah, something yeah, like right. that. They make a group <laughs> online. Yeah. Yes.
1: For sure. But I, I think what sets me apart just a little bit is that you don't necessarily have to be a maker to make it on the website. So there are a few people I've talked to um, that aren't, like, making things with their hands, mm-hmm. but they're very uh, inspiring, creative, those sorts of
0: people. Yeah. So There's a ton of those in this town, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think anything – and the mission statement of if you know the person behind the product, it makes it that much better. I'm just the, I'm just the guy who's making a website about it. You know, I think everybody really internalizes that. So – that, that coffee roaster, for instance, when I sat down with him as a craft beer fan, for instance, and we're in the, one of the best places in the country we to are. be one of those. Um, he told me that he contributed uh, to a, a beer that had a coffee. It was like a coffee stout. Mm-hmm. And call it coincidence or whatever, the very next day I saw that beer. And it's like a limited release or whatever it was. And so I was like, I have to get this. Sure. Because I know the guy who contributed to it. Yeah, and, and it the more like,
0: stories you learn...
1: Yeah. I don't think I even thought about it. I just saw the title and grabbed it because I, I was like, I just talked to this guy yesterday. I need this, you know.
0: When you're, this is kind of, when you're looking at the Twin Cities just as a place to live,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what impresses you about it?
1: I I am blown away with how much people just get out and do stuff because really only about six months of the year do you have guaranteed nice weather. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in weather like this, you know, what's it's like negative five out right now. Yep. There are still people riding their bikes to work. There are people cross-country skiing. Every single trail I hiked on this summer has cross-country skiing paths as well, or like it doubles up as that. Yep. Um, so that's just something I I definitely appreciate uh, because living in New York, you have to take it. You have to spend a ton of money um, to get out of the city to see any nature at all. And, and the nature here is like extremely accessible. I feel. Stay tuned for sixty-second
0: AP news headlines.